0: Welcome to the Possibility of Today radio show. This weekly series mixes entertainment with inspiration and information to help you learn how to live in a different way and take advantage of all the possibilities of today. Do you want to find the way to your something more and live life to the fullest? Then you're in the right place. Host Sybil Shavis will guide you through an exciting journey of self-discovery and transformation so you can be entertained, be inspired, and be informed. Now here's Sybil.
1: Hey, what's going on? How are you? How was the week? Thanks so much for tuning in today. I think we have a really interesting show for you that you are going to enjoy. Like we always do, we're going to talk about the hot questions of the week. We have one that has come in from Devin about how do you get things off your mind, things that are weighing on it. So we'll get into that. And thank you guys all so much for. Sending those questions in, if you do have one that you want to send in, just shoot it to me by email at sybil at possibilityoftoday.com, or you can always just drop by the iTunes page and leave your question there. But before we get to the hot question of the week, I wanted to actually talk about rites of passage. I've really been fascinated, for some reason, by rites of passage and just kind of looking at them. And rites of passage, as you may already know, are essentially any type of event that happens in your life that essentially like guides you from one phase of your life, from one status to another. So, for example, you're at one point in your life. And then a rite of passage happens, an experience, an event, something happens that changes. And then at the end of it, you're at another point, right? Like a new point. And it can be something maybe physical that's changed in your life or, I mean, it could really be any combination of things. But the reality is it's about a transition, right? Things are just not the same and it's marked by an event, by this rite of passage, you know, so you may have like gone through something and at the end of it, you just have a new outlook or you have just kind of had an aha moment. And because of the things that you've experienced, because of everything that you've gone through, you're not going to experience life the same going forward. So all of those are rites of passage. And there were different rites of passage that happened, for example, in the news last week from the death of Roger Ebert, who was the famous film critic, screenwriter, journalist, I mean, tons and tons of accolades. And he passed away at the age of 70. And another example was Brian Banks. And his rite of passage actually transitioned him from being imprisoned after being wrongly charged with a rape he didn't commit, to then regaining his freedom and now living a completely different life. And he's recently signed an NFL contract to be a linebacker with the Atlanta Falcons. So as we're talking about, like rites of passage are these events that help guide and affirm a transition if you will, from one status in life to the next, right? And, you know, as we are also talking about, they can be really diverse and essentially rites of passage happen all throughout our life. And I mean, we're all probably familiar with the real formal ones, right? These are the ones that you go to the events like bar mitzvahs and confirmations and marriages and divorces. And of course, you know, funerals, But there's this event that happens that actually marks the significance of the change. So as another example, let's say you're single, right? And the rite of passage is a marriage. And so you go, you have this wedding ceremony, and at the end of the wedding ceremony, right, you've gained this new status. You're now married. And the wedding is the ceremony that celebrates the rite of passage, into married life and the new phase of your life. So this is what I've been (laughs) intrigued with lately because rites of passage are all about transitioning, right? And transitioning into a new part of life where things have changed or shifted. And it doesn't, again, necessarily have to be marked by some over-the-top event or a celebration or even a formal milestone event, there really can be, and there really are, these rites of passage that happen throughout our lives anytime we're kind of transitioning or changing or shifting. I mean, these rites of passage just are how life unfolds, right? How life happens. And I mean, I'm sure you're going through or experiencing some sort of... Of rite of passage right now. Actually, to that point, let me ask you a question. Do you have a certain challenge or does anything come to mind about something in your life that's changing or maybe, I don't know, you're trying to accomplish something or get to a different place in life or maybe your relationship is changing? Does anything like that come to mind? Because if it does, that's most likely in one way or another, a rite of passage. It's what exactly what I'm talking about. It's something in your life that is transitioning or shifting or changing. And it's interesting how these experiences that we go through, take us from one phase of our life to the next. And Sometimes there are these huge steps, right? You know, graduation, marriage, the, the things that are just big quantum leaps, if you will. But what's even more interesting, right, are the little ones, the baby steps. And we may not even realize that we're transitioning or changing or we're going through a, a rite of passage. It doesn't feel like a, a formal event, But the interesting thing is, is that, you know, life is always changing. Things are always shifting. And so, in essence, these experiences and the things that are coming our way, these, you know, smaller rites of passage, if you will, are all leading us to, you know, a different part of our journey. Something else that we're going to experience in our life. And what's fascinating to me really about rites of passage, is that each of them, you know, all of the experiences provide us with this possibility to learn, you know, to understand that something has happened to us, and then to kind of move through the rest of our life with a different or even more knowledge than we may have had. Because we've had more experiences from life and we've just learned from them. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, for example, like one of the most critical transitions that everyone is familiar with is this transition from adolescence to adulthood. Either you've gone through it yourself or you're making certain your children get through it. The object of the game, right, is that a child positively progresses into adulthood. They learn the lessons they were meant to and they're applying what they've learned from all of the experiences and it's all setting them up to live this successful adult life. So for example, you know, a child may experience a broken heart or financial challenges or they get a job They lose a job. They go to college. They learn from lessons in college. And as young adults, they experience so many things, right? All these types of rites of passage. And if all goes as planned, they learn what they're supposed to from the experiences of life. And then when it comes time for them to kind of apply that knowledge and that wisdom, and they're an adult, they're able to do that. You know, They're responsible, they're financially independent, they've got a great job, they're kind, they're generous, all of that good stuff. And all of this has been influenced and shaped by the experiences that they've had, by the fact that they've listened to the lessons their parents have taught them. Essentially, they've kind of put together the pieces And they've arrived at a place where they're like, okay, I know how to be a very well and high functioning adult. But let's be real, right? (laughs) This doesn't always happen. Because I'm sure you probably either know or you have met some adults who, let's say, failed to learn some important lessons somewhere along the way. And so then what happens is you have this person who looks like an adult is the age of an adult and should be making the decisions of an adult, but because they missed some important lessons or many of the rites of passage they experienced didn't necessarily give them the wisdom that they were meant to, then they haven't necessarily learned what they're supposed to they haven't grown in ways they were supposed to and there wasn't really a transition that went on time was just going by and so they are in a place where essentially things have just not come to light and they're kind of still transitioning fully into adulthood like there are some rough edges that still need to be rounded out and some important realizations about life or relationships that still need to be learned there may even be more rites of passage that have to come some more experiences what I call reruns so you get the opportunity to not miss the lesson the next time around but essentially the opportunity or the possibility to learn and to grow from the rites of passages or the experiences that have come their way has been missed. And that's the real interesting thing about rites of passage, right? Because in order for them to be positive and result in the positive growth that we want to see and experience, there essentially have to be two things. The first, obviously, is there's got to be an experience, an event, a rite of passage. Something has to happen. The person has to experience something. But guess what else has got to happen in order for it to really be a positive rite of passage? The person's got to understand and learn from the experience, right? And then, of course, to take it one step further than that, they also have to apply it, apply what they've learned, apply the insight, apply the new understanding from the experience into their life. And that's really the only way it can be a positive rite of passage. The person has to have a better understanding and learn something new that allows them to see things from an improved perspective, to make better decisions as they move forward. And I'm sure when you have seen people who, you know, you say, oh my gosh, they're so wise or they're always making good decisions. They're always, you know, thoughtful and they're so informed. It's because they have learned from, all of these experiences, all of these rites of passage, and they're taking that knowledge and applying it to the current day. In fact, there's this study that I came across by a couple of professors from OSU and Dr. David Blumenkrantz. And it concluded just this thing, that rites of passage, these events, in order for them to be positive and significant and The person who experienced them has to be left with this better understanding that they now choose to integrate and apply to their current life. And in the study, they explain that not all of the transitional events, not all of the rites of passage necessarily are going to result in a positive life transition. This research concluded that both cognitive interpretation, which really just translates into understanding, (laughs) and integration, which is what we were talking about in terms of just applying what you learn, both of these things are required before the event genuinely becomes a significant transition or a positive rite of passage. But again, as we're talking about earlier, rites of passage aren't just happening to teenage girls or to Robert E. Bird and Brian Banks, right? They're happening to all of us. And that's why I'm fascinated by them, right? Because whether we realize it or not, these rites of passages, the experiences that are coming to us are all part of this transition, the change, and they're supposed to be leading us to growth, And of course, continual steps in the right direction, right? I mean, think about it. You don't want to go through any experience, (laughs) a rite of passage or anything. You don't want to manage through something. And then once you get to the end of it, you haven't learned anything positive or you're not in a better place, do you? Because what sometimes makes it hard, right? and at least this is what I know made it hard for me is I could essentially overlook that what was really happening to me was a rite of passage. It was an experience that was coming my way for a reason to change me or to give me wisdom or to give me an insider, to give me knowledge, to give me something that I didn't necessarily have, you know, maybe you've gotten sick or you've lost your job or your relationship broke up or your business failed, you get so caught up in what's happening, right? At least that's what I would do. I'd be like, okay, I've got to figure out how I fix this and I just want things to be back the way they were and I want to be normal and I'm so caught up in the solution and all my attention and energy is going there that I'm not understanding, okay, life is really about growth and change. And I'm going through a rite of passage. And not only do I need to manage through this event, but I want to learn from it. I want to understand the lessons within it. And then I want to take that new knowledge to the new place I'm going to be at the end of all of this and apply it so that I can live better. Right? I mean, and who, who does focus on those things when stuff is going wrong? or I mean, even at all, right? It's easy to kind of just focus on getting through whatever it is that you're managing through. But what Dr. Blumenkantz explained, and he was the, the doctor that completed this research, is that it is easy to overlook the rite of passage. And so that's why you want to be even more aware of what's really going on. Dr. Blumenkantz was explaining that, you know, rites of passage are hard to define. And oftentimes you can't really know them until you experience them. Listen to how he explained it.
0: Seymour Saras and my mentor and long-term friend had always said, rites of passage are like thirst and hunger. They're hard to define, but you really can't know them until you've experienced them.
1: But the reality is, is that once you do know, right, once you're aware that these events and these experiences are happening to you for a reason, you can make sure that you're taking advantage of that reason. And actually to that point, Dr. Blumenkantz came back again on that video about his research and shared an interesting explanation about this. And he gave this example of an encyclopedia salesman, right, who has a near-death experience. And presumably, when you have a near-death experience, you come back looking at life a little differently, right? (laughs) You hear people talk about this all the time. And listen to what Dr. Blumenkantz said about it.
0: It has been suggested that if a person has a near-death experience, they have a transformative event in their life in which they can never look at life the same way. A person who sells encyclopedias for a living and has a near-death experience, while they're in that state, never say, I wish I sold another encyclopedia. They're more inclined to say, I wish I might have spent more time with my children, or stop to look and appreciate the bounty and the blessings I had in my life.
1: And this speaks directly to what I admire and appreciate so much about Roger Ebert and his story, right? Because during his life here, he figured it out. Like he knew that he had gone through this rite of passage, which was his illness, and he learned from it and he grew from it. And most importantly, He chose to apply that knowledge to the rest of the way he lived his life. And he chose to do things that really allowed him to take advantage of his life. And so many people have said this, right? When they've been describing Rob Jur Ebert and the life he led recently in the press. And everyone just talks about how he really lived... And enjoyed his life and his relationships and his friendships and of course his wife and his work. And he didn't give in to the illness. He didn't miss the understanding that he was supposed to get from whatever his rite of passage was meant to be. And he chose to really embrace life and live it differently. And he figured out how strong he really was and what he was really capable of, no matter what these limitations were that were placed on him no matter what was happening or not happening or you know no matter what you know somebody was telling him or wasn't telling him he decided you know what I am going to live my life and embrace it the way that I've always felt that I wanted to and listen to another thing that Dr. Blumenkatz shared about how adversity really can introduce us to ourselves and show us how strong we really are.
0: Rites of passage are so deeply organic to us. They're part of the archetype of our being. And we talk about one of them within that liminal period of adversity introduces us to ourself.
1: I mean, and don't you think that really is true? Like, Think about the times that you have experienced some challenge or some adversity like, and you managed through it. At the end of it, you're just like, man, I got through that. I'm so much stronger than I was. And that's what I love about Roger Ebert's story because to me, it's a reminder that we don't have to fall victim to whatever limitations or whatever adversity we're going through. We can understand like just like all of our other experiences or the other rites of passage that have come our way, there's something within this situation that is in one way making us stronger or better. In fact, Roger Ebert ended up losing his voice, but he didn't even let that stop him. He found a solution where he could sit and type on this computer and then it would broadcast his voice And funny enough, he even gave this voice an accent. Listen to Roger Ebert and what he recently shared with his new voice and accent.
0: You've come equipped with this magical computer and voice. How long have you been using this? Almost two years. I found the voice online. Thanks to a voice synthesizer on his trusty laptop, Roger types and the words come out. He calls the voice Sir Lawrence, as in legendary actor Sir Lawrence Olivier. He has a British accent. I know everyone wants to know how you feel. Absolutely no pain. And as always, I'm enjoying my work.
1: Do you miss the medium of television?
0: Well, I certainly miss not being able to still have the written word that has been my first love and I continue at full
1: speed. You gotta love that, right? I mean, and it really is so true, right And it's what we're supposed to do when these rites of passage come our way and these challenges and adversity. It actually brings to mind one of my most favorite quotes, which is, We have the choice to be editing our life on any given day if we wish. We can edit the way we perceive, the way we resist, the way we resent, the way we question, whatever comes our way. And Roger Ebert to me was just the epitome of what it means to edit in the right way. To make sure we are framing things in our mind the right way. We're editing things so that we really can take advantage of whatever lessons and so we can move forward better. And it actually brings to mind another question that I wanted to ask you, right? What's a current rite of passage that you think you're experiencing right now? Like today? Is there something changing? What's shifting? Do you have a challenge? Are you trying to accomplish something? I mean, anything. And you may have more than one thing going on right now, but what is a rite of passage you're experiencing? And the next question I want to ask is, how have you framed that in your mind? You know, are you looking at it from the right perspective? If it's something you've been working through for a while, I know that that can get old real quickly, (laughs) but are you editing it? Have you done the work to shift, if you needed to shift the perspective so that you are absolutely looking at things from the best perspective? And if it's not something that you have done yet, then today's the day. Use your day-to-day, the 24 hours you have. To just step back and look at your current rite of passage as exactly what it is, something that in one way or another is benefiting you and push yourself to see it from a better perspective. That also points to another rite of passage story in the news that I want to get into about Brian Banks. Did you hear this story? Brian Banks was wrongly convicted and served five years in prison for a rape that he didn't commit when he was just 16 years old. And we are going to talk about his story and, of course, his rite of passage next. Stick around. You are listening to The Possibility of Today on WebTalkRadio.net. Okay, so imagine this, a 16-year-old, an amazing football player, right? In fact, one of the top football prospects in the country. Now, you'd imagine that he'd be working out with his coach every day, training, getting better, thinking through all of the colleges that he may want to sign with and living the good life, right? He's put in his time. He's 16. He's at the top of his game, This 16-year-old boy is sitting in a prison cell. In 2002, as one of the top prospects in the country, and he had everything literally going his way, Brian Banks was convicted for a rape that he never committed. There's no DNA evidence. There was nothing that really connected him to the crime. But Brian Banks's attorney recommended to him that he accept a plea deal because if he was convicted, he would have to spend over 40 years in prison. So he served five years in prison and then he had another sentence that required him to be on house arrest. But one day, the girl who accused him of rape sent him a Facebook request and she ended up admitting that he never raped her and offered to help clear his name. So on May 24th, 2012, a judge set Brian Banks free and listen to how Brian Banks describes the situation and what happened. In 2002, he had been a 16-year-old high school football star with dreams of an NFL career. But those hopes were shattered when he was convicted. Banks always maintained the encounter was consensual. But rather than face 41 years to life behind bars, on the advice of his lawyer, he took a plea deal and spent five years in prison.
2: That's more than, more than I can describe, the things that I've been through and the things that I've endured. I feel like anything is possible, and it's proven today for me by, by me getting my freedom back. I feel like this is just the first step to reinventing my life.
1: I mean, can you even imagine serving five years in prison for a crime you didn't commit, but you feel like you have no other choice? Because your options at the time seemed to be defending your name or taking the chance of being convicted for 41 years, and you're 16. I mean, it's crazy, right? But... What's just fascinating to me and what I loved about Brian Banks' story, it's the same thing that I loved about Roger Ebert's story, is that both of them used the experiences, right? The rites of passage. Brian Banks learned from what he had to go through. He learned, you know, about persevering and keeping hope. And when he regained his freedom... He had this like wise and like amazingly profound perspective on what he had been through and now of course on what he's trying to do. He's applying that knowledge and that wisdom to his dreams, the dream he always had to be in the NFL. And he didn't get caught up in the anger or the resentment or questioning why which could have easily been something that he got caught up in, right? I mean, he lost five years of his life for a crime he never committed. But he wasn't about being vengeful or even wasting his time on any of that because he used the wisdom and the knowledge and everything that came from the experience to then set his eyes and his focus and his attention on what he wanted. And that was getting this NFL contract, which he... Recently, just got and signed on with the Atlanta Falcons to be a linebacker. Anyway, listen to what Brian Banks has to say about what he's doing now and his training and how he's moving toward his goal.
2: I mean, I know I've been out the game for ten years, but at the same time, I have no injuries, uh, no setbacks, and I've been just working out really hard, putting a lot of work day in and day out to uh, get me caught up and actually to um, you know further myself and. Making this dream come true.
1: I mean, it really is admirable, right? Like The way he's seeing things and approaching things and his outlook. I mean, I look, to, look at this situation and I was thinking to myself, man, like I can never hold another grudge against anyone. Because you look at someone like Brian Banks and how he's forgiven someone who lied and put him in prison for five years But he chose to release the anger and it's working for him. I mean, don't you agree? (laughs) Like, it's just, it's just such a good example. In fact, think about the last time that you were upset because this is what I did. Think about the last time you were upset at someone and you were holding a grudge against them for anything, like big or small. Do you remember how that felt? Okay, now think about this, right? Brian Banks, and he said this, you know, he worked to forgive his accuser. And although it didn't happen immediately, he knew he had to push himself to forgive her and to let go of all of this anger because he didn't want to be bogged down by it, right? Like there were things that he wanted for his life. He wanted this NFL contract. He wanted to focus his attention on the things he was trying to create not something that was just angering him and, you know, making him feel resentful and all of the other negative emotions that come along with that. And so what I did was I started thinking about, okay, the last time that I was angry at someone or I was trying to hold a grudge, you know, did it ever run through my mind? Okay, I want to just let this go because there's more things that I'm focused on. There's things that I'm trying to accomplish and that's where I want my attention to be. And I think just kind of thinking through that and reminding yourself when those instances happen because inevitably, right, people are going to do stuff to us that we could easily fall into the trap of resenting and being angry about. But if we can do exactly what Brian Banks Did and release that anger and commit to the process because it may not happen overnight but commit to getting to the place where we've released this resentment or anger or any frustration we can turn our attention to creating the things we really want and there are huge payoffs for doing that anyway listen to how Brian Banks explained how he let go of the anger Five years in prison and five years on probation, clearly 10 years really out of the mix and what you did best, what you really did well here. Do you ever have a sense of bitterness, of anger when you move forward Mm -hmm. and you think about the last 10 years of your life?
2: Yeah, Um, you know, today, no. I sit here a free man, healthy, Um, you know, my family and, and friends are in full support. I have my life back. Um, there was a point in my in my life where I was very angry, and you know I had a lot of negative emotions that you know filled me. But it was just really holding me back as a as a person and wanting to uh, better myself. I had to let a lot of that stuff go.
1: Isn't that just so great? How Brian Banks is like looking at this situation and how he let go of this anger and resentment, but also how he did exactly what Roger Ebert did, and he took advantage of this rite of passage, right? This experience that came his way. He used it to learn from and to get better and to gain wisdom from. And then, of course, he took that knowledge and applied it to his life and what he wanted to do moving forward. And, you know, I think both of their stories are just really Remarkable. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you know, it points you to asking yourself about your own rites of passage that are going on right now today in your life. You know, what seems to be shifting and changing? And then, of course, what are you meant to be learning from it? Like, how are you meant to be growing? And then finally, right? are you taking advantage of that opportunity? Are you editing wherever you need to? Are you doing those things that are going to allow you to be in an even better place tomorrow based on whatever rite of passage or experience you're working through today? And as is always the case, right, we can start making changes today. We can use the possibility of today to make sure we're doing things that are taking advantage of whatever we're experiencing in our life right now. We can push ourselves today to reframe and edit situations and look at things from a better perspective, things that normally would be weighing us down. We can decide to step back and find a better perspective that allows us to feel better and energized and recharged and really taking advantage of whatever the situation is so that we know we can come out better on the other side. It actually goes to another one of my favorite quotes that I'm forever reminding myself of. And that is, things don't just happen to us. They also happen for us so that we can learn and get stronger and live even better tomorrow. And it doesn't mean that we're going to have all of the answers while we're going through all of this stuff, right? And we're not going to understand why certain rites of passage are coming our way or certain experiences. But it's like Brian Banks explained, you know, after he was released from prison, and it's just like that quote, that explains things actually do also happen for us. In fact, the last thing I want to leave you with on this topic of rites of passage and the value that we get from the experiences we go through is a quote from Brian Banks, where he explains just that, that he knows in one way or another, there was value to this experience and all that he had to go through. How do you deal with that? I mean, do do you ever want to look back and, and give a message to the person who accused you, who wrongly put you in jail for that, um, that period of your life?
2: No, I don't, I don't have a, a message. Um, I thank God that, um, you know, she came forward. Um, I thank God that I was able to serve five years in prison and exit still mentally sane and uh, physically and emotionally um, still attached. So, um, I just look forward to what's to come. I'm thankful for where I am today. And I'm also thankful for every experience that I've experienced in life because it's made me who I am today.
1: So that sums it up beautifully. I think in terms of the value that we get from rites of passage and these experiences of life, and it's just a good thing to know that that's what's going on and to take a look at your life today and see kind of what's shifting, what's changing, what rites of passage you may be experiencing and make sure you're taking advantage of them. And now we are going to actually go to the hot question from Devin. Devin is wondering if there's something, you know, that's weighing on your mind, what you can do, if there's something you're continually worried about, how can you stop thinking about it, right? Like, how do you get something off of your mind? think it's a great question we are going to get into it next i hope you will stick around you are listening to the possibility of today on webtalkradio.net all right so let's go to our hot question of the week this one is from devon and Devin is wondering, she has something that is bothering her, that's weighing on her mind, and she feels like she's focused on it too much. I'm sure we all have had those times, right, where something's happened, and we're either frustrated or upset or angry, and it's just continually the rerun, is what I call it, running through your mind over and over again, and you realize you're just spending way too much energy and you're focusing way too much on it and you want to kind of be free from it. Okay, so how do you get things off your mind? Well, Devin, I will say this because I know that it can be hard to struggle with thoughts that are continually running through your mind. And what I recommend is actually a process that I personally use anytime I know that I'm focusing my attention too much on anything. And the first thing that you always want to do is to just calm your mind down. You know, you have to give yourself some space, whether that means you're relaxing or you're unwinding. Maybe you're going on a walk or you're just on the internet reading something that you really like, or you're listening to music, whatever it is that you can do that just kind of allows you to unwind and relax. That is the first thing, the first step that you want to do. Then after you feel like you've kind of settled down your mind and it's not churning and you're not as worked up, you're not angry, you're not upset, like a lot of the emotions have, let's say, bubbled to the surface and to an extent evaporating, the next thing that you want to do is think about whatever was weighing on your mind. Because I feel like for me, I have to be a realist. And even though I've calmed myself down about it, I still need to kind of think through it and figure out my best next steps, my solution. Is there something I need to do? Is there something I want to do? And so when I've calmed my mind down, the second thing that I do is I think about, okay, is there something that I need to do here? Are there actions I need to take? Are there people I need to call? It depends obviously on the situation, but just really think through any potential solutions. And if there aren't any, then it is what it is, right? And I'm like, okay, this isn't something that I have to solve. It's something that I just need to calm down about. So then after I've thought through and figured out whether or not there's a solution, the third thing that I do is I turn my attention to whatever it is I'm doing. So I'm recording this radio show right now and I'm going to focus on that or I'm writing an article. So I'll focus on what I'm writing or I'm reading. I'll focus on my reading. It's literally like a manual turn of my attention and just trying to focus on whatever's in front of me. And is that easier said than done sometimes? Of course, especially depending on whatever it was that was weighing through my mind and if I found a solution. But just making that my objective allows me to kind of pull my mind back when I see, oh, there it goes back again to the rerun. It's going, it's cycling the same thoughts that I've already thought through a million times. I don't need to think through them again. Like, and just being aware of kind of what my mind is doing allows me to manage it a lot better and then really try to turn my attention and pour all of my energy and focus to just doing this, whatever's in front of me in the best way I absolutely can. It just kind of takes the charge that you've been focused, focusing your mind on and the thoughts you've been like basically focusing your thoughts one way in that energy and you change that focus and you change it and you focus it on what you're doing and that helps. It kind of pulls out the, uh, the electric charge, you know, it takes the plug out of the socket in terms of the thoughts and the that are just churning. So those are the steps that I go through. And the interesting thing is because I've been doing it for years, I'm much better and better at it. And so my progress from step to step in terms of the time that it takes has shortened. And you'll see you know, as you start using this tool and integrating it and really applying it to those situations where something is weighing on your mind too much, you'll see you get better and better at it. And so now I don't even really think about like the specific distinct steps, I just go through them. And that just makes it easier, right? Because you don't ever want anything continually diverting your attention from you know, what's in front of you, the moment you're experiencing, you don't want anything weighing on you or just continually hearing all of that mind chatter. So it's a good tool. Uh, Try it out. And let me know, of course, email me if you have any other questions. And I'd love to hear how it works for you. And that is the show for today. I hope you all enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if you have a question of the week of your own, send it to me at Sybil at possibilityoftoday.com. Have a great day today. Take advantage of the 24 hours you've got. I will talk to you all next week. Live today better than yesterday.
0: To learn more about making a change in your life, visit possibilityoftoday.com. Don't forget to like Sybil's Facebook page, by clicking the Facebook icon on her Web Talk Radio profile page. You can also follow her on Twitter using the handle at Sybil Chavis. Thanks for listening this week, and remember to be entertained, be inspired, be informed.